Welcome, welcome, welcome to the I Speak Fizbo podcast, where we pull back the curtain from the real estate industry and expose everything they don't want you to know. We share tips, tricks, myths, and truths to fight against outdated real estate traditions so you can sell your home for top dollar without having to pay a dime in commission or sacrifice your time. It's time for homeowners to take back the power and break up the monopoly. This is the I Speak Fizbo Podcast, and this is your host, Josh Knox. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Josh with the I Speak Fizbo podcast and today um, I'm going to share with you an interview I did with Stacy who, who is now on her second home that she is selling on her own, her and her husband and she's going to share some really great insight with us from you know some of the frustrations that she's dealt with um, but also some of the victories that she's had and some of the insight um, and how she's uh, made it possible for her and her family um, to be able to sell uh, their homes on their own and uh, put all that money back in their pocket. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do a brief little uh, intro here, and then we're gonna jump into the interview um, and go from there. Take a listen. Just if you don't mind, just kind of share with me um, and our, our listeners, what, what kind of led you down the path of wanting to sell on your own rather than, you know, go the traditional route and hire a real estate agent? Um, my husband and I, we actually buy homes and we fix them up and we live in them for two years and we flip them. So if we were to have a realtor, all that time and ex- the extra um, labor that we put into doing it would go away. We would lose 20 grand instantly in the real turkey. Okay. What well, what got you into what what got you into that model of and I mean that's, you're basically a real estate investor and so that's an interesting model that um, that some very few people actually do um, that I yeah. know of. What, what kind of got you into that? Um, my husband builds homes and well actually when I met him. Um, he built calf ranches out in Texas and then the economy tanked and the ranch that he was working on went bankrupt. And so he lost his job. And essentially we're one of the millions of people in America that lost everything. We got married that year and he went from making 80,000 to the first year we were married, we made $26,000 and it was brutal. Wow. Yeah, so we've been slowly pulling ourselves out ever since, and we're just using our hands and doing it the only way we know how with with our hands. Okay. Okay, so what year was that again? You said you guys got married? We got married in 2010, beginning of 2010. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, So as you've gone through this process of – um, buying homes, living in them, and then selling them, selling them on your own. Um, have you done it in multiple states or just Utah? Or Yeah, so we did it in Idaho right before this in Nampa, Idaho. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and then as you kind of think about your experience, what are what are some of the challenges that you faced? I guess is is the right way I want to say that. 
in the in the flip. In the well, flip not so much in the, no, not so much in the I, flip, more so in the sales side of it. So, and, and let me right, give you some some background, right? I mean, oftentimes people, the information out there for homeowners is often so slanted towards the real estate agent and the real estate industry, like it takes too much time or you will never under the understand the contracts. You know what I mean? Like all that information yeah. seems to be slanted towards you know not the hardest. Being the hardest thing I've dealt with so far since like listing it for, by myself, by my husband, I listed it. Our biggest obstacle has been real estate agents. Okay. In what way? Every morning for the last five days when my house has been on the market, I have received no less than eight, five to 10 phone calls every morning of real estate agents calling me and telling me why they needed me to list it with them and how they could save me so much money. And it gets to the point where they talk to me like I'm really stupid. And I'll try and politely say, you know, I'm just okay waiting it out. And they'll, and they can't take no for an answer. So it's gotten to the point where I feel like they're forcing me to be a jerk. And I feel like, I feel like real estate agents have been my biggest obstacle in trying to sell. They, they won't let you sell it by yourself. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an issue. I, I hate to laugh, but I, I experienced the very same thing when I did it on my own. It was like nonstop barrage. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it's just a nonstop barrage, almost like they're a gift, right? Like they're giving you a gift if they can help you out. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent too much there. No, it, it's um, true. I, it is true. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, they almost talk to you like you're stupid and, and it, and it takes away from the, like, if you're trying to earn my business, be a little bit more personal instead of, I had one guy yesterday say to me, well, you, you know that if you don't list it with a real estate agent, that the average buyer loses 3%. And I thought, dude, if I list it with you, I lose 3%. What are you talking about? Yeah. So his, so his point uh, was that if a buyer comes along, they're going to automatically offer you less money. Probably, yes. Is that, that's or, what he was or, that, or that we're stupid. It was like that we don't have the knowledge to get as, the most money that we possibly could from a sale because we're, we don't know what they know. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, he probably didn't bother to ask you that you had already sold a home on your own in Idaho and were successful in doing that. Do you know what's crazy is some of them do. They, I've learned that they have a sheet. They have to have a sheet and they ask certain questions. So some of them do know that I've done this and somehow think that I'm going to automatically change my mind. Even though I've already taken pictures, I've already staged my house. And now I'm going to be like, yeah, why don't you come in and do the last little bit for 20 grand? Right. Right. Okay. Well, um, uh, let, let's think about then if this is okay. Um, cause the current house that you're selling is not under contract yet, correct? No, not yet. Okay. Um, now thinking back to the Nampa house, uh, up in Idaho, um, what, what did that process look like for you for, and so by that, I mean, like how long did it take you to get it under contract? Um, yeah, how long did it take you to get it under contract? Um, so it was about three years ago, and it was a little brutal. Um, but it was hard because 
my husband had received a job offer back in, in Utah. And so I, I was, I'm a hairdresser. So I was working three days a week and we have two children. And so I was staging, I was packing and cleaning and doing that all by myself while my husband was here in Utah for the week working. And then he'd come home on the weekends. So that, I feel like that takes a little bit into consideration, but it took us about three months um, to get a, to sell the house, but we it was just a slower market. It's Idaho is a completely different ball game than Utah. There's not as much money. It's it's not people aren't moving into the valley like they are here. So yeah, that that was going to be my next question was what was the market like? So it was just a little bit of a well, what we would say in industries is a, probably a little bit more of a normal market where there's an equal number of homes versus an equal number of buyers versus not enough homes and too many buyers. Yes, it was, it was definitely not a seller's market. And if we were to, if we would have, if my husband would have, would have not taken the job in Utah, we probably wouldn't have put the house on the market at that time, but because he took the job, we were kind of forced into it, but it worked out. It was all great. We received as much money as we wanted to and the closing went just fine and and it okay. it was great. Did um let me ask you this on that one. Did the um did you end up having a buyer's agent or was it an unrepresented buyer on that one up in Idaho? No, it was a it was a buyer's agent. Okay. Um and so when it came to like contract type stuff and then you know the buyer does their inspections and then they do the appraisal and they work with their lender the their agent would have helped them with that on on your transaction up there yes uh they their agent worked with us yeah we didn't work with the growth okay um but you you did say you got um asking price out of that property or, or the money that you wanted to get out of that property did i hear that right yeah, I would say we got a little bit more than what we thought we would have gotten. We listed it a little bit higher because we we do custom work throughout, and so we definitely were one of the higher houses in the neighborhood. And the buyer came along, and she walked in, and she said, "This is what I want," and so it worked out really great. And okay, yeah. okay, cool. Um, and now with that same one in in uh, Idaho, did you did you put it out anywhere other than Zillow? Like, did you happen to list it on like a flat rate MLS service or anything like that to to get it out to some more buyers or? Um, I had it on Zillow and the local stuff and then I just used social media to sell it. Oh, perfect. So I, um, Idaho, Idaho is such a small, like where I was from was so small that it really is one of those it's not like here where there's a thousand houses that take from. Right. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with Nampa. I know Boise a little bit, but not Nampa so much. So, um, but you said you use social media. So, tell me about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, you can like even now, right now, you can post. I have my listing posted on Zillow. You can do it for free on Zillow. And and you can just copy the link in Facebook and you can share it to your page. And I have enough friends and where I do hair, my clients will share it. So then their friends see it and 
um, my sisters have. So I've actually have a ton of traffic coming in on my Zillow listing compared to the other listings around that have an MLS. And not that that means anything because it doesn't unless you have a buyer coming in. But um, I think social media is a great thing. Um, I have it on Instagram and I use it like the Lehigh yard sale link and the American Forest yard sale link. You can use all those and people see it and you just never know if there's a person that doesn't have a buyer's agent yet that sees it and wants to come take a look. Sure. And you can avoid, you can avoid both costs at that point. Yeah. Um, and this isn't about me, but that's what happened for us. I sold before social media was really a big thing. Um, but yeah, we avoided having to pay a buyer's agent as well because somebody honestly just drove through the neighborhood and saw the sign in the yard. I mean, I had it online, but so yeah, it's interesting. Just, I mean, yeah. So, um, now thinking about the, the current house and, and knowing that agents are kind of a big challenge, do you, do you foresee any other challenges that? that may come up um and i if i remember right you're still a little bit early in your listing um maybe it's yeah. been up for a, a week a week right it's just under a week i'm i'm like yeah five days in okay so are are other than the agents are you getting other calls from people on it yet um i've had a couple people come through um i've gotten like text messages um and i showed it yesterday to a single guy, but no, I, no, I, I, I don't have a buyer. I don't have, I haven't, <laughs> what was the question again? No, that's, that's okay. I was just, I was just curious what kind of, um, what kind of reception you've got so far, like other than agents calling you, right? Um, what other people yeah. have called. So it sounds to me like if you're getting, if you're only five days in and you're already getting calls for people to come through and so forth, then you're headed obviously down the right track. I mean, you, you know that from the the first one you sold yeah. in Idaho. I um, did a open, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I did an open house on Saturday and without an MLS, just word of mouth and some balloons out, we had um, two people stop in and take a look at the house on Saturday and then the show on Monday. Okay. Um, how did you, how did you get to your list price, both for the Idaho house and for this one? What kind of resources did you use? I just did comps pulling up what the other houses are selling around and, and kind of taking in what we've done and the upgrades we have, but it's, it's a little bit easier. I feel like for me, because my husband works for a home builder, he's a superintendent. So you can kind of, like he has houses that he's building right now in the same general area. And so we can kind of bounce it off of what, like, brand-new houses are going for, what what used houses are going, you know, older homes are going for. Sure. But um, what I'm hearing, though, is, is you're still doing the research. You're still looking for the data that would support a price, right? You're not You're not pulling that price out of the air saying, well, I think my house is worth this much. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um now, in Idaho, you had a, a buyer's agent you mentioned, and so uh, they would have helped the buyer with the contracts. How did you how did you handle the contracts on your end? Um, 
my husband I my husband took care of that aspect of it. Sorry, I'm not great at that. I was in charge of staging and showing and he came back and took care of the paperwork with them. And he was in charge of taking the phone calls. Got it. Did he feel like <laughs> Uh, um, hopefully he shared with you. I'm sure he did. Um, did he feel like he understood the contracts just simply by reading through them? And, you know, I mean, they're in plain English, most of them, and they're filling yeah. the blank contracts. I feel like he and I are pretty plain speaking. So when we were talking with the girls buying the house, um, you know, we kind of said what we're willing to pay for, what, what you know, and I feel like it, it wasn't it wasn't hard. I don't feel like that's why we did it again. I didn't feel like it was terrible, but the communication wise, you just say, you know, we, I, I, I think we paid closing costs. We split closing costs, costs, and we paid their buyer's agent costs. We, I sure. think we paid the full, we, we paid the full 3%. We were fine with that. Um, and all the closing costs. So I, I feel like it went well, but we, set up front during the negotiations like they asked it you know it was easy it wasn't super hard okay okay cool um and then what did you learn through the process in idaho um number one and then what how are you using what you learned there hopefully um hopefully you're applying that to what you're doing here for this listing um, I would say that when we bought again, we didn't buy the most expensive house in like in the neighborhood in Idaho. We were already one of the bigger houses in the subdivision. So when we did all the upgrades, that was like we kind of overbuilt the house and we learned not to do that. So when we purchased this home in this neighborhood, we bought one of the lower model, like the ones that weren't just ginormous so that when we updated them, they were still in the price range of the of the bigger homes. Okay. Is that what you mean, or are you meaning like? Just yeah, just I mean that's actually a great principle that you just shared, right? And is that, and and people don't get it, so that's why it's such a great principle. Is that if you don't buy the most expensive one, or um, you know go down that route, then you are. What you're essentially doing is you're buying the the most sellable property. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what you're saying. Um, and so I just wanted to confirm that. Yeah. It's just it's a great principle. Um, yeah. When, when you're buying the next property, and you do have a different model. Um, so for the listeners that are listening to the podcast, I mean, you definitely have a different model than, um, you know, say your your average uh, homeowner who's going to buy the house and live in it. You know five, 10 years, and then, you know, sell it. So that's understandable as well. Um, I was also wondering, like, just what did you learn through the general process? Paperwork, closing, working with title, um, you know, staging the home, um, all all that, taking pictures, all those sorts of things. What did you learn through the process? That it's a pain in the ass. (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? Sorry. It's a pain. Yeah, I'm not going to answer it. Um, it's a, it's really hard. And I think my husband and I would like to get to the point where we aren't doing this. We did this kind of out of necessity. Sure. 
So we would like to get to the point, especially this time, I feel like I've never been berated by real estate agents like I have in the Utah Valley. Like they're yeah. ruthless here. Um, so um, we would like – hold on, sorry. Um, will you repeat the question? Sorry. Yeah, just just what you learned through the whole process about the you know the picture. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you were saying that it was it was harder harder probably than you thought. Yeah, it is hard. I get why. I I still don't feel like real estate prices like a realtor should make as much as they do for the what they do. Um, which sounds rude. I don't. As a hairdresser, I like to be paid what I feel like I'm worth. But I feel like I just feel like it's such a, a high cost. For right. that, and yeah. um, so I, I, what we learned is that we'd like to get to the point where we just have a forever home and we don't ever have to move again because it's hard. It's just a hard process. Yeah, it is, and especially when you're when you're dealing with what you described earlier, right? I mean, out of necessity, it does become harder. But when you're back against the wall, that you tend to you tend to be able to get through things, and it ends up be, you know you yeah. learn these really great things right which you're you've shared with us um yeah if i was to say something i would say don't put yourself in a position where a realtor could come in and i feel like a lot of them have come in and said well what is your time frame because people get excited to move and then they go put an offer in on another house and it's contingent on their house selling just be patient there's airbnbs all around this valley and even if you had to go rent an airbnb for a couple months Till you found something, um, get your house sold. Don't let realtors have that upper hand on you where they can come in and say, you know, oh, well, you need it sold by this time. You know, maybe you should lower it or you feel like keep the cards in your hand and just be patient. Get your house sold before you move on to the next one. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a really great piece of advice, and that is one angle definitely that that real estate agents, and you alluded to this earlier, right? They use scripts. I mean, they practice yeah. this stuff all day, and this is what they actually spend their time on. They don't actually spend their time selling homes, um, because as you found out, while the staging and the pictures and that sort of thing takes a little bit of your time, the actual process of it, right, doesn't doesn't take a ton of time. Um, no. You know, you, you show a house that might take a half an hour here, a half an hour there. Um, you do a contract, you just read over it. It might take you an hour here or an hour there. You go to closing, right? I mean, I know there's there's steps in there, right? But um, I, I think that's a very good point that you're making is, is that you have to be patient because these agents will come in and do exactly what you said, just constantly barrage you with a, a any question they can get you into a conversation with. And then if they get you into a conversation, then they can hopefully win the listing by convincing you that you've made the wrong decision. Yes. So, okay. Um, just maybe one or two more questions um, and then we'll let you be on your way. And, and I'll thank you right now, of course, and I'll thank you in the end, but this has been fantastic. So what do you wish you would have known when you started the process that you um, no, now. Ooh. You have to have tough skin. People are going to come in and um, I I just, 
I'm more of a people pleaser. And so when people come in, I had a text message the other day where somebody told me that my house was priced too high and I wanted to send them a little middle finger emoji back, but you can't, obviously. That's not professional. But you have to have thick skin. you got to realize that some people aren't going to see the value in your home or they're going to want a good deal. And they'll try, instead of just saying, hey, my budget is 150 and your house is at 170 would you entertain a lower offer? Sometimes they'll come in and say, you know, they'll say your house isn't worth that or does that make sense? And so I, I wish I I would have known to just have thicker skin when you do it. You just got to realize it's part of the business. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but you just do. You got to let it roll off your back. You got to let the realtors roll off your back and just realize it's their job. And people are out to get the best deal. And you just got to, you got to have your number of what you're willing to part with it and, and just be okay letting people go that don't want to pay that. Yeah, perfect. That's, a, that's actually a, a great answer. Uh, and it's one of the things I talk about in the podcast when I'm not interviewing homeowners is, yeah, you're going to run into the naysayers. So you're going to run into the people that, you know, are kicking the tires. You're going to run into the uh, investors that do have the cash but do want a good deal. And then you're going to run into those people who are just are, who are just like you. They want a good deal like you want a good deal. And so being non-emotional. Yeah non-emotional about the whole process is is uh, key yeah um okay last question uh if you could wave a magic wand and make your most painful part of the process be solved right now what would it be painting trim caulking cutting and painting trim is that part of the process is that what you mean that's in yeah yeah right because you hate it yeah, you're getting your house ready, right? I mean, you're. What I noticed about your pictures, quite honestly, is that you did an amazing job, and so um, that means you had an eye for detail to what would sell, right? Um, yeah. And I, that's one of the things that people miss a lot. And so, yeah, that's a great answer. If you could make a magic wand, if you could wave that magic wand, it's in that. It's in the finer details of making sure yeah, the house is absolutely ready. There's so many, so to go back to that, honestly, there's so many hard parts. Staging is hard. I have two kids. I'm a working mom. So as you can hear in the background, so sure. like keeping my house clean is really hard, but the whole process is hard. To be honest, we live in a house for two years. You make friends and then we avoid the tax, the tax part of it, right? We live in it for two years and then we move on. And so that's all, it's all an interesting, tough process. And that's why I said we'd really like to get to the point where we didn't do this anymore and we've done it out of necessity. But to wave a magic wand, I would really like to not have to fix up houses. I'd love to just have a ready-made house. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, Stacy, thank you so much. This has been awesome. You share, you've shared some really um, great insight that I know, you know, the listeners are going to get, um, you know, great value from. So, um, having said that, I'm going to go ahead and end the recording for our, our podcast. And, um, all right. All right. Thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate you and wish you all the best of luck. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye.